So if you are here for the first time, or maybe you're watching our YouTube channel for the first time, and you don't have a home church, then we want to say to you, Welcome home. All right, we are still in the gospel of Luke this morning, the good news of Luke. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Luke. It's in the New Testament. It's one of the gospels. We're going to be in chapter 2. Also, um, uh, we have some people that um, that uh, intentionally pull out those white cards. If you look in the chair in front of you, you'll see a little white card. If you ever have a prayer need, you say, you know what, I really want the, the staff of New Life to be praying with our family about this. You can take out that white card and you can fill that out. And you can put that uh, in the, the, the giving box that we have located at the door as you walk out. Or if you're a first timer, you want to be part of our email list, you could check that box on that white card too as you fill that out. But we just want to say thank you uh, for, for checking us out today. Well, today is December the 17th, and today is uh, we're going to dive into Jeremy's Christmas finds for week three, okay? All right. Now, this first one, um, uh, for those of you that, um, uh, waiting for my Christmas music here. I know Ty's on it back there. I, I don't like dead, dead stuff. He, he's on it. He's on it. He's on it. You've got it? Okay, here we go. All right, so this first one is, uh, for, you know, some of, some of us like taking our pets places with us. You know, we don't like them to feel forsaken or that we've left them behind. Uh, but then uh, we have these secret carrying cases that some people carry around to Walmart or whatever. You know what? I say be proud to take your pet anywhere that you want to go. So we have the freely breathed travel dog carrier. Just put your dog in there. They can breathe just fine. It's a little tote. The wheels turn 360 like a suitcase. So I encourage you just take your dogs anywhere you want to go. Now, don't put your big pit bull in there. That's not going to work out too well. But I think let's, let's be proud of our animals and we can just wheel them all over town, all right? So that's the Freely Breathe Travel Dog Carrier. This next one, you know, when you get to the airport or you're trying to uh, uh, get somewhere very quickly and you've got your luggage with you, maybe it's heavy and, or maybe you don't have the 360 wheels on it and you think, man, if I could just get somewhere quicker, but I, I, I don't, I don't want to get to the airport and have them pick me up in the cart, right? Because I can actually walk. I just don't want to walk. Well, now you can get the smart riding luggage scooter, all right? Just put your suitcase on there. And, uh, and there you go. Off you go. No one, no one will think you're lazy. I promise. All right. No one will think you're lazy. So for the small price of $880, you don't have to walk anymore. Okay. Now this next one, this is really for couples. All right. And this is for, uh, usually, uh, when you're laying in bed, you know, one's hot, one's cold. Janet usually has about 15 blankets on her and I've got a sheet. You know, because I'm always hot, she's always cold. Well, now you don't have to worry about that anymore with the couple's split blanket, which basically is a blanket just connected at the end, and you can just take it off or remove it as you want, right? What they're really doing, for $250, they're probably just selling you two blankets. So they're the one laughing all the way to the bank while, while you actually pay the price, all right? So that's the couple split betting. Now, this next one, how many of you like Legos? All right, I love Legos. I've got several Star Wars Legos uh, that I build on my, on my time off. Well, and so I think Legos is thinking, okay, how can we incorporate what we do with some sort of a faith background? And if you are into Legos and you love Moses, then you can have Moses parting the Red Sea Legos. Now that is awesome. Now I'm not sure what the little pink and green pegs are down there. I don't know if they're like dead fish supposed to be dead fish. 
But I love the cascading white hair that they have for Moses as he's parting the Red Sea. So yeah, so for $33, you can get Moses parting the Red Sea. So those are Jeremy's Christmas finds for this day, December the 17th. We have one more Sunday next week. We'll have one more Sunday where we'll have some more Christmas finds, and I promise uh, they'll be good. All right. Thank you so much for entertaining me for Jeremy's Christmas finds. Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in verses specifically 8 through 14 today. Let me ask before we get into it, how many here can really use a little more peace in your life? Yeah, eight people. Okay, let me give you the definition of peace. And then I'll ask that question again. The definition of peace is this, freedom from disturbance. Now let me ask you, how many of you could use a little more peace in your life? You could use a little more freedom from disturbance. That's what I thought. I, I, I think about Christmas and I think about my dad uh, because my dad was the only child growing up, so their Christmases were pretty quiet. It was just my grandparents and my dad. And then as my dad you know, got married and had uh, us three boys, I'm the middle of three boys, um, it, it was especially Christmas in the 80s. Christmas in the 70s and 80s was a little, uh, little rambunctious with three boys. With, we were all in the Star Wars and G.I. Joe and Transformers and everything. So Christmas around my house was a little loud. And I can see a little bit, when I look back now, I can see the, 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 the tenseness uh, of my dad begin to ramp up a little bit. You know, being an only child, and now he's got three boys who are very, very active. And then we all grew up, and of course, we began to multiply. Uh, my brother got married. He had one child. Uh, I got married, had four kids. My younger brother got married, had five kids. So now there's 10 grandkids, including us three boys, in the house. And so Christmas time was always funny, looking back at my dad as he's sitting in his easy chair with what went from three to five to 18, and to see my dad just gripping the arms of that with a big smile on his face. And you could tell that he was stressed out, that he was really tense, and that he was really longing for peace, you know. But and my dad never shoved this out the door at the end of Christmas Day, but you could tell when all three of us were like, hey, it's been great. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to get going. Oh, let me help you load the car. Yeah. <laughs> this has been great, boys. Thanks for bringing the grandkids, but yeah, we'll see you later. And uh, so that was always uh, funny, funny memories of, of my dad. And it's funny how all of us, some point or another, we're looking for peace in our lives. In some area of our lives, there's places and there's areas in our life where we constantly are praying for peace, peace in our marriages. Some people are like, I just want, I just want to come home and, be, and have a peaceful marriage. Peace in our, in our health, peace in our finances, peace in our homes and our families, peace in our work relationships. We go to work and it's just, you can cut the, cut the tension with a knife because there's, there's tension going on between employees we pray for peace in our country. We pray for peace in the Middle East. We pray for peace in other countries. But what about peace in our souls? How many of us actually pray for peace in our souls and in our spirit, that they too, our soul and our spirit, can find freedom from disturbance? Because it's the outside disturbances, it's the outside worry and the outside challenges and conflict and struggle that keep us up at night that cause our minds to just race and we either can't get to sleep or we wake up in the middle of the night and now we have trouble going back to sleep. We just want peace in our minds and peace in our souls. So we've been in this Christmas series over the last month called Wonder and kind of taking a deeper dive into the ultimate 
into, into kind of the awe and the, and, the, and the amazement and the wonder of the birth of Jesus, our Messiah. After all, that's what this season is actually all about. The fact that he was willing to, to come to earth in the form of a human baby with the, with the purpose of growing up just to die as a once and for all sacrifice for the sin of humanity, that's something to be in all of. It's something to marvel. It's something to rejoice and to praise. And so, so far this month, we've, we've, we've read about two of four scenes that we read about in the Gospel of Luke describing individuals' reactions when they first hear of the birth or the coming birth of Jesus and how they spontaneously broke into their own individual songs. The first was Mary. When Mary was told by the angel Gabriel that she has found favor with God and that even though she was a virgin, she's going to conceive and give birth to the Son of God, the long-awaited Messiah, she broke out into a song of mercy, saying, let everything that you have said be so. And then the same angel, Gabriel, that spoke to Zechariah and told him that, that he and his wife, Elizabeth, were going to have a son that we know as John the Baptist and that he was going to prepare the way for the Messiah. He broke into a song of promise, remembering all the promises that, that God had given for centuries about a savior, a rescuer, the king of all kings, who would one day come and rescue humanity from our sin. So today we're going to talk about another song. And this song was sung by the angels to the shepherds on the very night that Mary was delivering her baby, our rescuer. And it's the song of peace. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, and it says this, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel, one angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So did you catch that at the end? Peace on earth. 2,000 plus years ago, just like today, people were desiring and longing and hoping for peace. We read in scripture that this was a scary, turbulent, and extremely challenging time when hope was almost completely gone. The Roman government was, was controlling everything and in every region. They, they, the, the oppression of the Jewish people was nearly impossible to bear because they were literally being ruled by an iron fist, having to pay up to upwards to 60% in taxes. I mean, times were very, very tough. And for centuries, they clung to the promise of a coming Messiah. And for centuries, they waited and they waited and they waited, hungry and longing for peace, searching and desperate for freedom from disturbance. Peace is something humanity has constantly searched Search for it. A few years ago, there's a Gallup poll uh, done, and, and people were asked about what they believe to be the most important criteria for personal success. What's the most important criteria for personal success? And then they gave them 20 to 30 different things that they could choose from, and these were the results. Number one, good health. 
Good health was chosen as the number one criteria for personal success. Number two, an enjoyable job. Number three, a happy family. Number four, a good education. And number five, peace of mind. Peace of mind was chosen between 20 and 30 different selections about what the most important criteria to have personal success. Peace of mind. Isn't it interesting that one of the top five qualities of a successful life is peace of mind? To somehow go from chaos and stress and busyness and confusion to a place of peace. It almost feels impossible. In fact, this is what I want you to do. Pause just for a few seconds. And I want you to think about the most stressful thing in your life right now. The most stressful thing in your life. That thing that, that's been keeping you up at night. And no, don't look at the person beside you. All right? <laughs> that thing that's been keeping you up at night. And I guarantee you that whatever it is, whatever that most stressful thing in your life is right now, I guarantee you it falls into one of four categories. And these four categories are listed on the back of your program. They are place, pace, problem, or person. Place, pace, problem, or person. And even when you thought about that most stressful thing in your life right now, you were able to put it in one of those four categories. It's either a place in your life, whether it's a stressful season because of everything that's going on in your life, or a pace in your life because you're too busy, you can't slow down, you have way too much going on, or there's a problem in your life. It could be a marriage problem, it could be a health problem, it could be a financial problem, or it's a person in your life. It's a relationship with your kids or with your parents or a friend or a coworker. But it's going to fall into one of those categories. And this is what I want you to do. If you have your program, if you have a pen, wherever that most stressful thing landed, I want you to circle that. Or I want you to number, Jeremy, I'm actually, I actually have stress in all four of these areas. The number, one, two, three, or four, from order of importance. And we're going to do something with that at the end of the message. But I want you to know this morning that if you are a follower of Jesus, you can have peace. Why? Because Jesus is peace. Jesus is freedom from life's disturbance. I love this quote. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of Jesus. In fact, the prophet Isaiah declared this centuries before the birth of Jesus. He said this in chapter 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us. He's talking about Jesus. Way before Jesus was even born, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. What? Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. So this song of peace and the angels and she- uh, of, the, of the angels and shepherds from long ago can be our song today, if we're needing freedom from our own disturbances in life. So if you're taking notes, write this down for number one: the peace of Jesus can calm my soul. The peace of Jesus can calm my soul. I know we talked about this a little bit over the last two weeks, but Christmas isn't always warm fuzzies and hot chocolate and colorful bows for everyone, is it? It's not. For some, it brings up some bad memories. For some, Christmas brings up loneliness and shame and resentment or maybe some bitterness because of maybe some past trauma or some struggle. And so for some, your association with the word Christmas maybe takes you to a dark place. Maybe it takes you to a place of chaos or sadness. 
So by definition, the season of Christmas may put your soul in a state of disturbance, kind of a space of unsettledness. Maybe for you, the, the association of Christmas and the memories that come with it are the exact opposite of peace. But what if you began to replace those memories with the peace that only Jesus can offer you? What if you began to reprogram your thinking away from your personal experiences with Christmas, if they're not good ones, and begin to focus on the very reason this season even exists which is to celebrate the advent or the coming of Emmanuel, the Messiah, God with us. And with him came a peace that goes beyond our human understanding. Look what the Apostle Paul said to the church in Philippi. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, then, so there's things that you have to do first. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And then look what God's peace does. Look at this very carefully. Then God's peace will guard your hearts and it will guard your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Paul is telling his readers that if we truly want to live and experience a life of peace, then pursue Jesus because true peace can only be found in him. So let's break that down a little further. Paul is saying to us, stop worrying and stressing about the things out there. Instead, take everything to God in prayer, whatever it is, talk to him. Tell him what you are needing in the, in the situation and then stop and thank him for all he's done, which is basically acknowledging him and appreciating him because he's God. And then from there, God's peace will Guard your heart and guard your mind from being bombarded with the disturbances around you. And it'll keep, it'll keep it from stealing your peace. Isn't that wonderful? You may be thinking, Jeremy, that sounds really good on paper. It sounds really good to hear you say it, but I'm struggling with making sense of this because I can't actually see God because I can't see God. I can't, sometimes I don't even feel that he's around. So how can I see... Uh, to really believe the fact that I can't see a God that's going to give me this peace that's going to kind of eradicate the chaos that's going on in my mind and in my life and in my soul. All right, let's put some skin on it. Think of it like this. Let me ask. Do any of you have someone in your life that from the moment they walk into the room or you see them across the room or you hear their voice or maybe you just, you're going somewhere and you have a little bit of anxiety before you get there, but you know somebody else that's going to be there that brings calm to your life, that brings peace to your life. And when you think about them, there's a sense of calm. When you see them, there's a sense of calm that comes over you. Janet is like that for me, my wife. I can be in a high-stress situation or maybe I can come home from a conflicting or kind of a hostile environment or a circumstance and the person I need to get to, the person I need to see, the voice I need to hear is Janet's because that girl is my ride or die for 30 years. She's my security blanket. I, just, I, I need to hear her voice. I, I need to see her in the room where I just need her to come up and touch my hand or just touch my arm and then a sense of peace, a sense of calm will come over my life, come over my body, come over my mind. Another person that brings peace and calm into my life is Pastor Dave, if you've never met him, our senior pastor. Even though he's my boss, 
He's also my pastor. He's my shepherd. He's my friend. His personality, his presence, his voice just sort of has a calming effect in my life. And I think it also helps that if you're familiar with the Enneagram personality test, he's a nine, which by title is called the peacemaker. So that kind of helps him as well. But listen, as great as it is to have Janet and Pastor Dave and others like them in my life, I fully understand that none of them can ever replace the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, my Savior, my Rescuer, my Deliverer, my Lord. Jesus is the Peace Speaker. He came to bring peace to a chaotic world yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yes, he can do it for your life today. After centuries of waiting, centuries of waiting, peace had finally arrived. Peace had finally been born. Peace had finally come. Peace in the form of a human baby born in a cave, surrounded by animals, laying on hay in a feeding trough. Peace was here. The peace of Jesus can bring calm to your soul. Write this down for number two. The peace of Jesus can refocus my attention. The peace of Jesus can refocus my attention. That night 2,000 years ago certainly got the attention of the shepherds, didn't it? (laughs) These shepherds were just doing their job. It was probably a night like a 1,000 nights before. I love how Christian author Max Lucado uh, writes it. He writes it like this. An ordinary night with ordinary sheep and ordinary shepherds. And were it not for a God who loves to hook an extra on the front of the ordinary the night would have gone unnoticed. The sheep would have been forgotten and the shepherds would have slept the night away. But God dances amidst the common. And that night, he did a waltz. The black sky exploded with brightness. Sheep that had been silent became a chorus of curiosity. One minute, the shepherd was dead asleep. The next, he was rubbing his eyes and staring into the face of an alien. The night was ordinary, no more. The angel came in night because that is when lights are best seen and that is when they are most needed. God comes into the common for the same reason. The presence and power of Jesus have a way of refocusing our attention, don't they? Despite what's going on around you, whether you are in a health storm today, whether you are in a financial storm today, whether you are in a relational or mental or emotional storm today, and you can't even see straight because of all the confusion and the chaos and the mental and emotional debris that's flying all around you, have faith that Jesus can be the peace in the middle of what you're experiencing. There's a story in Mark chapter 4 of Jesus calming the storm. Maybe you've heard of Maybe you've heard of it, the disciples, he's been preaching all day long, and the disciples get a boat, and they all get in the boat. Jesus gets in the boat, and they're trying to get from one side of the lake to the other. They get halfway across, and a big storm comes up. The winds pick up. The waves are crashing into the boat. The disciples are freaking out. Jesus is dead asleep in the stern. One scripture says that he even has his head on a pillow while all this is going on. So the disciples wait and wait and wait, and finally they wake him up. They say, Jesus, Master, do you not know what's going on? Do you not care that we're even going to die? Is what they say to him. We pick it up in verse 39. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Man, how many of you need Jesus to speak to the storm in your life and just say, be still? 
so that you can feel that same calm. And then he asked them, the disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I imagine Jesus had to be a little frustrated with them. First of all, because they woke him up from a nap. I mean, I don't know. I don't mind being, uh, I don't mind being woke up in the morning when my alarm goes off or whatever. But in the middle of a nap, when I get woke up, I'm like a bear. I don't know why. But after all they'd watched Jesus do, all the miracles, all the teachings, all the divine experiences that they, that they got to be a part of, and Jesus still had to ask them, do you still have no faith? I would dare say he definitely refocused the attention of the disciples that night, right? We actually know this. Look at the next verse in 41. The disciples were absolutely terrified after Jesus did this. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. So what's going on in your life right now that has perhaps caused you to focus more on the problem around you than the power and presence of Jesus in you? Think about this. The physical presence of Jesus was with the disciples 2,000 years ago. He was there in body. He was physically with them. But if you are a follower of Jesus today, his spirit lives on the inside of you. Isn't that wonderful? The presence of Jesus, the physical presence of Jesus was in that boat with them 2,000 years ago. And the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you today if you're a follower of Jesus. And greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. The peace of Jesus that spoke to that storm on the sea, in the boat, with the disciples, is the same peace that lives on the inside of you today. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that so that we can refocus our attention back onto him instead of our circumstance. But maybe you're here today and you think, you know what, Jeremy? Um, Here's the deal. I love Jesus with all my heart. I faithfully and devotedly serve him every single day, and I still have no peace. There's areas in my life where it is just super chaotic. I serve, I read, I pray, I check all the boxes, and my mind still feels like a tornado. My soul, my life feels like a tornado. Let me ask, is it because you're the one speaking to the storm instead of Jesus? Is it because you're trying to control something instead of truly turning it over to God? I mean, who's really in control of your life? Because we have this propensity, like Adam and Eve, all those years ago, to say, thank you, but I've got it from here. I'm still in control of my life. I can manage this. And before we know it, we have no peace. Because the the disciples waited a while before they finally leaned on Jesus. So are we doing the same? Are we waiting and waiting and waiting because we think we can take care of this? Or are we truly depending on Jesus? Look what Proverbs 3, 5 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not yourself. Do not depend on your own understanding. So let's get back to the shepherds and the announcement from the angels. The angel shows up with the announcement. The shepherds are terrified. The angel definitely has their attention. Now, let me just remind you, shepherding was dangerous work, okay? They were constantly fighting off wild animals. They were dealing with the heat of the day and the freezing temperatures at night. Shepherds were not chumps, all right, by any means. These are some bad dudes. These were tough guys, but the angel shows up and terrifies them. 
you think about that situation, it had to be overwhelming. God breaks through the darkness of night and drops a bunch of tough guys to their knees because he needed their attention. It's kind of like you, if you're a parent, what do you do when you really want to get the, the attention of your, of your child? You call them by their middle name, right? You say their full name. This was like God calling all the angels by their middle name to get their attention. And now that he has their attention, they're ready to hear the most amazing news ever to be spoken in the history of mankind. The wonder of the angels' words and this good news will bring great joy. And the angels are saying, are you ready? Are you ready for this? I've got some great news. I'm here to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus. It's great joy for all people. This is the best news ever. It's for everyone, but I'm starting with you. The lowest of low, the shepherds. This source of joy is a little baby that's been born in the town of David. Yes, the king that you've been waiting for, the Messiah you've been waiting for is born. The Savior has been born. And the sign is you're going to find a baby in a feeding trough lying on hay. And just in case, just in case these angels thought that maybe they're all having the same dream and they're all hallucinating, they followed it up with a host of God's armies of angels filling the air around them to echo what had just been said by this one angel. Now, if one angel wasn't terrifying enough, think of how these shepherds were feeling now. I mean, can you imagine this setting? And do you know what the, the, the function was of these angels to praise God. That's it. That's it. To praise God, to give him glory, to praise him for his greatness, to be witnesses, and to recognize the fulfillment of God's purpose, to acknowledge what he's just accomplished in this miracle birth and that no one can undo. They came to proclaim his peace and to praise God for his reconciling grace. This baby will save his people. This baby will bring peace on earth because Jesus is peace. It's not just one of his characteristics. It's one of his attributes as, as well. It makes up part of who Jesus is. Jesus is peace. So that's your last fill-in for the weekend. It's simple. Jesus is peace. He is peace. As quickly as the angels appeared, they disappeared. And then the, the shepherds went to go see what had happened in the city of Bethlehem. And sure enough, they found the baby laying in the, ma in the manger. And then they began to share with everyone there what God had said to them out in the field. And the Bible says they were all amazed. Let me ask, when was the last time you were amazed by God's wonder? I mean, just simply in awe and wonder of who God is. Christmas is a time to remember that God is great enough to be amazing and big, like the presence of the angels with the shepherds, but also humble enough to be known and found in a feeding trough. Christmas reminds us that God is seen on the mountainside and in a manger. That's good news. So you and I have been given peace. Listen to this. We've been given peace from God whose surrounding glory terrified those angels that, or terrified those shepherds that night through God who slept in the hay. From God who terrified the shepherds through the God who slept in the hay. So my closing question for you today is this. Is that the God you know? Is that the God you know? 
Do you know that wonderful, amazing, marvelous, and peace-giving God today? Do you know of that joy the angel proclaimed for you? Do you know the peace of which the angel spoke? If you don't, then you can today. You can know that peace. If you don't have peace in your life, if your life is chaotic and messy and loud and noisy, listen, go and see the baby. That's where you'll find peace. You think, what does that mean? Go and find the baby. Go and see the baby. That means if you're not surrendered to Jesus today, let me encourage you to do so. Give your life to him. Give your life to Jesus. Begin following him today and allow the peace that only he can give to occupy and fill your soul. Jesus was born to save you. That was it. He was born to save you. Trust in him today. The angels remind us of that. Christmas should remind us of that. Let Christmas remind you this season that God is seen both on the mountainside with the shepherds and in the manger as a baby. I want you to hear their song again. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So I'm gonna pray in a minute. But before I do, I actually want to make this a prayer of invitation as well. That if you're here today and you're not serving God, you're not serving Jesus, you're not a follower of Jesus, that you can begin doing that today. And just in case you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Someone invited me to see some kids sing. That's the only reason why I'm here. This is my time of the year that I come. I come on Christmas and Easter. You won't see me again until Easter. Let me ask you, where do you find your peace? Because if you say, well, okay, preacher, um, my marriage is good, my finances are good, my health is good, my job is good, and I'm a pretty peaceful person. There's a, I, I actually have peace. Okay, did you hear the things that you just named? Your marriage, your health, your finances, your job, all of those can be gone tomorrow. So are we attaching our peace to things that aren't sustainable? Are we attaching our peace and our joy and our hope to things that can be taken away tomorrow? Because if you're a follower of Jesus and the spirit of the living God lives inside of you, that cannot be taken away. So why not attach your peace to something that can't be taken away instead of something that can? So I want to challenge you today. If you're here, you're not a follower of Jesus, to pray this prayer. Begin following him today. If you will, bow your heads with me. Everyone repeat this prayer after me. Even if you're a follower of Jesus today, everyone repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life today. I make you my Lord and Savior. Beginning today, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and on the third day rose again and I am his child and I'm praying this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you leave, let me give you a challenge. First of all, if you prayed that prayer, come find one of us as a staff and say, hey, I made that decision today. You can also fill that out on your white card that's in front of you. You can check the box that says, I became a follower of Jesus today. Or you can do that online as well. But let me, let me leave you with a couple of practical things. You think, what, what can I do practically, Jeremy, beginning today? to have peace in my life. Don't forget the fill-ins. The peace of Jesus can calm my soul. The peace of Jesus can refocus my attention. And Jesus is peace. So here's two things that I want to leave you with. 
First, identify the area or areas where you lack peace. Remember what we gave you. Place, pace, problem, or person. Whichever one you circled, whichever one you underlined, whichever one, however you numbered that, identify where you lack peace and then ask God to give you wisdom of how to navigate through that. Ask God to give you wisdom of how to respond to that. Whatever it is, whatever that most stressful thing in your life right now that falls into one of those four, four categories, say, Holy Spirit, give me the wisdom I need to resolve this, to navigate through this. That's number one. Number two is this. Begin reading about the life of Jesus. Begin reading about the life of Jesus in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Pick one. Pick John first and then, and then go backwards. And then go Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus lived a life of peace because he is peace. What better way to invite the peace of Jesus in your life than to live the life that Jesus modeled? Love like Jesus. Serve like Jesus. Respond like Jesus. Give like Jesus. Only then will we find the peace of Jesus in our life. Look what Jesus himself said in John 14. I'm leaving you with a gift. This is right before his ascension. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. What a gift. Peace of mind and heart. The verse that we just read earlier. When you pray, take your petitions to God. Thank him for who he is. And then God's peace will guard your heart and your mind. And then Jesus says, I'm giving you a gift peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Father, thank you again one last time for your peace. Thank you, Jesus, that when you came as a baby 2,000 years ago, peace had arrived. And if we surrender our lives to you, Lord, even though there, it, it doesn't fix everything, it doesn't, make just, it doesn't make all of our problems go away just because we turn our life over to you, Lord, we understand that. But at the end of the day, when everything else can be taken away from us, Lord, the peace that you give can still be with us. The hope and the joy that you give can still reside on the inside of us, Lord. And we thank you for that. We bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.